So, hello everyone. Welcome to Tapcalf Transmissions, the only Star Wars podcast that needs needs to call Leo Laporte when we're done with this. <laughs> That'd be nice. Leo Laporte could probably help us out. Yeah. Uh, Maybe we could I... even call him live during some uh during an episode recording. Yeah. Well, I'm Corey. Joining me as always is my co-host with a functioning webcam for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eckhart's Ladder, how are you doing today, Justin? I'm doing well, and yeah, my webcam is fully functional. If I go a bit to this side, you can see the uh, the Masaman curry, Vite Ramen, behind me. And yeah. uh, if I were to point you at the ground and take it off the little hoist, you'd be able to see uh, see my dog sleeping on the floor. There you go. That's all you need. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody in the chat has said, this podcast is just like Kenobi. Great content marred by less great technical execution. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> All right, well, today we are going to be talking about Kenobi, the finale, also a bit of episode five, because we usually do these episodes in pairs, but of course, the finale is uh, what's freshest in everyone's minds, the most to talk mm-hmm. about, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, I So I, I normally have a webcam. I bought a new one, spent an hour and a half, two hours today getting everything set up and changed over, it was working fine. Sat down to do the podcast, and uh, then my webcam just wasn't working. So Which, I'm just like, going to be a box here. Setting, like, taking that long to set up a webcam already is, like, a bit of a warning sign. Well, like, a, it, a webcam is, like, the ultimate plug-and-play technology. The you, webcam you, worked out of the box. It's just I was setting up the, like, the, the actual camera settings, and I was changing my lighting setup and having to resync all my light bulbs to my phone which is is a thing uh, mm. but yeah it just it it didn't didn't work didn't work yeah yeah part of it too is like all the webcam stuff has like proprietary software now and i think it just usually ends up making things worse especially when you go to work with like obs or something yeah yeah so you reminded me that I had lighting, so I was messing with that too. But yeah, so th- that sucks. But what else has been new, Corey? Because we took last week off. You were away. You want to tell us about your trip? Uh, yeah, so I last week was visiting family, so I left on the Wednesday, came back on the Monday, so that was nice. Got to see my nephews, who I rarely get to see. They are pretty young, so every time I see them, it's like 6 to 18 months apart. And they do be at getting that older. age, like... Yeah, it's it's such a huge difference every time. So mm-hmm. spent some time with them. Uh, did a lot of babysitting, so my sister and brother-in-law could exist as humans on their own for a while as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so did you get COVID on the trip, or did you make no. it uh, make it home, made it home scot free? No, I just had some some allergies because of a dog, and okay. uh, thought maybe I just that's figured COVID. you know because you haven't had. I it was yet. convinced. I yeah, think I might have had it in De- uh, December last time I went to see them, but. Oh, okay um and because i'm also streaming this too i just want to for those of you who are new this is our podcast tap calf transmissions we usually talk about star wars books kind of like a a book club especially for the expanded universe but we do occasionally talk tv shows or news or whatever else so if you want to listen to the audio version there's links down in the description we usually record once every week or so um before we on that note before we continue, we should talk about next week. Um, I'm going to be away until Thursday, so I was thinking maybe next week we should do another Tales of the Jedi. Yeah, we can either do that or 
do you think uh, Edge of Victory is going to be too long? Because we were going to do yeah, it probably other... be too okay. Yeah, it's probably going to be too much for me because I I'm like going somewhere and I'll be taking the kids to water parks and stuff, so it's right. it's not going to be possible. But um, we could so so the week after that we could either do I've got Shadow of the Sith right here. I, my physical copy finally came in super late, um, so we could either do this or we could do uh, go back to Edge of Victory. What do you think? Uh, we have been putting off Edge of Victory for quite some time, but it'd be nice to do Shadow of the Sith when it's more timely. Yeah, so that Shadow of the Sith comes out, I think it's, yeah, June 28th, so it comes out next week. So, I mean, we could do Shadow of the Sith and then do Edge of Victory and then kind of, like, we could do Edge of Victory the very next week instead of taking a week off, maybe? Yeah. Uh, okay. yeah, let's, let's do that. Let's say Tales of the Jedi... Uh, the second chronological arc, which I forget, is that one is just the, the is, Tales of the Jedi, like yeah. eponymous? Mm -hmm. So we'll yep. do that, then we'll do uh, the new Sith one, then we'll do Edge of Victory. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that'll be fun. Or yeah, Agents uh, of Chaos, not Edge of Victory. Edge Agent of Chaos, yeah. Then the next is Jean Vong one. It's, yeah. it's been a while though, you're right. It has been, I guess, what, like three... Three weeks, I guess, since we talked about the last Vong book, uh, maybe? Yeah, three, maybe four. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's been a minute. Uh, I watched... So, yeah, I, I speaking of kids, I watched this episode. I've been watching the show with my son, and he's only three and a half, but he really, really likes it for some reason. Yeah. Um, probably because Darth Vader is his favorite character. Um, he thinks Star Wars is Darth Vader. Yeah, well, you know, he knows, like, surprising amount of characters... Uh, like he he really likes General Grievous, even though he's never he d never has had the patience to get that far into um, Revenge of the Sith. Uh, he, but he likes General Grievous. He loves Darth Vader. Um, he likes the stormtroopers; they're probably his favorite. And he really likes the droids. He knows most of the droids except for a couple of them. Um, but <laughs> he's loved Kenobi. Like I don't, like he sits through the entire episode. Uh, when last episode came out, I was watching it with him kind of on one leg. And then my daughter, who's like, she's not even two yet. She was just, you know, any, anything will get her attention for a while. Um, and I, I've got a video and maybe I'll edit it into the audio uh, version of this. But when the fight started, he started screaming, he, hit him in the face with your lightsaber, Obi-Wan. And he's just like screaming it over <laughs> and over and over again. And Kelsey was in the, the kitchen making breakfast or something. And she's like, what's he going on about? And he was just like, <laughs> hit him in the face. <laughs> it was so funny. And he was like running around, like swinging something, like a little pirate sword or something. So he was he was really enjoying it. And that that was a lot of fun for me. I had already seen it, I think, at that point once. Um, or maybe that was the first time. But yeah, it, he was he was really loving it. So that was that was fun. Yeah, gotta get them while they're young. Well, it's like, with the Star Wars thing, I never really tried, because that was, like, what my family was like, oh, I bet you got him watching Star Wars. It's like, no, he watches whatever he wants. He picked up Star Wars, I think, mostly, like, just from seeing me watch something on my phone or coming in, the, like, he, he will hang out with me while I'm editing a video sometimes. Um, and I think that's kind of how he picked it up, but... Yeah, he's yeah. he's more into the the Dragon Ball Z, right? He watched a lot of Dragon Ball, like the original Dragon Ball. Um, he got to the what arc is he on now? Uh, 
I think he's on like I think he's about to start the world tournament when Goku grows up, so hmm. He's watched he's watched a lot of Dragon Ball. Anytime like we have a sleepover downstairs, we crush a bunch of Dragon Ball. Bunch of beers, bunch of Dragon Ball. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the episode though. Um Thoughts on episode five? Yeah, like briefly, I guess. I mean, they kind of run together. The whole show really does. It, it definitely felt more like a mini series than something like The Mandalorian, where everything is like clearly episodic. So, thoughts yeah. on episode five? Uh, I think episode five and six together, are like two the two best in the series. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not sure if I'd probably put six above five, but yeah, I would too. Uh, I was, I didn't think they had to use Hayden, like, in his Hayden form for it to have been worth uh, bringing him back, but I'm glad they did. Uh, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the fight there, and I liked how they tied everything together with that. Uh, yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. So. The big nice thing there is the, the de-aging. Yeah, like, yeah. what did you, I personally am happy that they, because there's, like, there were definitely talks, I'm sure, when they were filming this and putting it together. What do we do with Hayden? Uh, especially, uh, Ewan looks, you know, pretty similar in age with makeup, but but Hayden definitely looks older. Which I mean, is is it's been it's it's been in what 16 years. Um, I, I'm kind of glad they decided to do the less is more approach. Yeah, like these are actors, and I like it. I like I do like the groundbreaking and kind of limit pushing technology sometimes but at other times like it's just okay like it's same with like the ewan mcgregor not looking quite like alec guinness he's close enough that like you know these are actors and ultimately this is a piece of art so yeah I, i'm okay with them doing that sometimes yeah like they i'm not sure if there was even much if anything that was done digitally for that i don't think there was yeah, um like they like were Hay- clearly hayden at the very least was clearly much older than like 19 mm-hmm. year old anakin but yes like i don't i don't think it has to be like you, you know what's going on with that in the same way that you know like obviously alec guinness and ewan mcgregor aren't the same person or aren't gonna look the same like yeah I mean, Hayden Christian's in his 41 years old. He was yeah. probably 40 when they were filming this, and he's playing, uh, like you said, is, is he 19? Is that how old he is? In... He's got to be between, what, age 19 and 22? What was he? Yeah. Early days of the Clone Wars, he's still short hair, Padawan situation. Like, he's probably 20 at the oldest. Mm-hmm. Like, so, there, yeah. There's no way. Yeah. Uh, so I, I I like that. I thought it was cool, and like you said, it was a cool way to tie the episode together. Um, I I really liked a lot of the things that episode five did, like thematically. I I really really liked the Reva character. Yeah. Um, but I think this was at five was the episode which most suffered from like I think production design issues, where the entire thing is like in a dark cave. And it's just not very, yeah. It's not very compelling to look at, and I don't think the action was particularly fun. Um, and yeah, I, like that kind of brings the episode down a bit for me. And it was pretty much a problem the entire series had, especially I'm watching Miss Marvel as well. Yeah, which is also I haven't watched episode three yet, but I've been watching it on Disney Plus, and that's a show where 
you can't make one-to-one comparisons because Star Wars has to, you know, make sets for everything and they can't just film in New York City. But it's like that show seems so carefully crafted. Um, and I just, I know it's been said a million times, but I wonder what happened that this kind of ended up this way. Yeah, I don't know if it was just like a difference between what they thought they wanted to do with the tone of the show than that not translating quite as well in the end product visually. Because like uh, Miss Marvel, it's a, it's a lot like it is a lot brighter of a show. So if they're yep. going to be going into that, then it like the end product is obviously going to be brighter. But if they started yeah. working on Kenobi thing like, oh, we want this darker tone, darker themes then you start putting it together it's like oh i can't i can't see anything <laughs> like it, yeah. if there was one thing i could change about the show then it would definitely be uh, like if i only got to pick one thing to change it's, i w- i'd like to be able to see things that that would be nice that would be something f- for me though it's the music um i respect that they wanted to do something different with the music and not rely on the old themes but like if you watch a new hope in particular, that's a movie that it looks kind of amateurish sometimes. The the action scenes aren't particularly good. I mean, I mean, the Death Star action scenes, for example, obviously the trench run and stuff is really cool. But like the the music is so exhilarating that it yeah. really carries it. And like none of the original trilogy, besides for like the Battle of Hoth, has very compelling ground action. It's it's all frankly pretty terrible. Um, but, maybe that's going a bit too far but a lot of it is like what we see in kenobi where it's like the stormtroopers aren't even really behind cover they're just kind of ducking and weaving and missing their shots yeah but the the music really carries it and i just there's going to be fan edits so there probably already are i'm sure that show kind of how some of these scenes work better with traditional star wars music yeah but one of the biggest things I saw was like, oh, there was such a great opportunity to use Imperial March earlier on in the season. Uh, that mm-hmm. just shows how bad the show is that they didn't use it. But I think if they had used it, it would have undercut what was being done with it later on in the last scene with Vader. So mm-hmm. I think there's elements of it that, like, yeah, could have been better. But mm-hmm. I think using the original scores in that kind of way wouldn't have been particularly good like i'm glad we got imperial March when we did rather than getting that earlier and at a certain point uh you're going to be comparing people to john williams which is just it's not going to come out favorably for most that's true um and you're right you can't just like take tracks wholesale and insert them in but I feel like certain Star Wars movies like Rogue One, for example, did a good job of sure. taking, you know, the motifs and kind of building new tracks around them. Um, and then there's Mandalorian, which went kind of the other direction and made a new sound for itself that does sound totally like Star worked. Wars. And it's something that it matches more with a lot of what's being done in other new Star Wars songs a bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I don't think there's anything else about episode five. I mean, I obviously liked the 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 Reva Darth Vader duel was cool. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> there's the one moment that everyone's been talking about, or everyone was talking about last week, where the the Grand Inquisitor just kind of pops up with the hello <laughs> uh, <laughs> from from Reva on the ground level. That is just so goddamn funny. Um, and I I honestly feel like it's kind of representative of the show as a whole, where it does. I, I honestly think that this show is going to get somewhat of a prequel treatment and already is in that yeah. the execution has some major issues 
And the prequel trilogy has some major issues. There are scenes... I've got a video coming out kind of about... If you watch Revenge of the Sith and you pause it for, like, any major action scene, one of the, someone's going to look like a PS2 character. Yeah. Like, watch the Palpatine fight versus the Jedi. You pause it and, like, it's PS2 Ian McDermott fighting. Um... And that was, like, something that a lot of people were using to detract from the movie in the day. Um, but it's not really something people remember. And I do think maybe this movie, or this series, will get kind of the same treatment. Because I believe, I'm curious to hear your thought, that overall the themes are great and the story yeah. is great. It's just the execution lacking a bit. Yeah, it's it's something that we, we kind of see all the time with with Star Wars. Where, like, big picture, a lot of what's going on is good. And then some of the moment to moment stuff is what's lacking or the way it compares to people's expectations is what's lacking. So a lot of it, when you kind of go in knowing what you're going in for and you're able to kind of focus on the bigger deals, then a lot, a lot of star Wars ends up aging better than uh, its initial reception. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, sorry. Go ahead. Like one of the biggest topics for everything was like, uh, oh, everything's been, like, canon's ruined because they killed the Grand Inquisitor, those idiots. It's like, okay, well, most people were guessing that he was not dead because that wouldn't have made any sense. And then he turned mm -hmm. out not to be dead, and I just wonder how much more air the world would still have if <laughs> the people had just gone with what was clearly going to happen and that he wasn't going to be dead. Yeah, I saw a lot of people claiming that the show broke canon in one of, like, many ways. Um... I didn't, I can't really, like, the one that people are saying is when, like, because Leia's a bit informal when she calls Obi-Wan in, on the hologram yeah. in episode, but, like, that's obviously because she knows it can be captured, and she's yeah. obviously being a diplomat, and then later in the Obi-Wan even fucking says, hey, let's maybe not act like yeah. we've met each other before, and, like, a, a line that was pretty unnecessary unless you were trying to address mm -hmm. it to people who are going to say oh why does obi-wan later or why yeah. does she later not sound very yeah down? and then later on the cell block when she's being rescued and she's kind of dropped the whole kind of ambassador or senator thing you know she's like obi-wan's here like yeah, yeah. uh i thought i thought their relationship was great um i was not surprised that leia got sidetracked or it's not sidetracked um off put off to the side in the last couple of episodes but she i really liked her character i thought they, yeah. I thought they did a good job they could have they, like they were almost on the cusp i think of being a little too on the nose with this is you know little carrie fisher and like she's exactly yeah. like she is now but but smaller i don't think they crossed the line they could have though if they weren't careful so yeah there were um, mostly a few lines in her first episode where mm -hmm. it was like okay she doesn't sound like she's uh, 10 or 8 or whatever she was supposed to be. Uh, but I, I think it did get kind of better as it went on there. Yeah, yeah, I, I liked it. Um, and, I mean, she's just so cute. Like, she's yeah. just a cute kid. Um, and it's crazy how good child actors are. Like, between... Obviously, they're not kids anymore, but, like, just... i rewatching the first season of Stranger Things, and, like, between that and, like, what we're seeing with kids in shows like this, it's pretty insane, like, yeah. what directors are able to get out of them. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I thought, I, I thought she was good. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about for episode five though? Uh, 
maybe a bit with the uh we can talk i guess from both of the episodes there's a bit of the uh jedi wall stuff so oh yeah yeah a yeah. lot of names that were up there a lot of legends characters that have been referenced mm. here mm-hmm. uh and I, I think the some of the reva stuff is worth talking about like across both episodes Okay. So if we want to maybe talk about her first, I know you've uh, you've come out as a number one Reva stan and taken a lot of heat for doing so. So if I don't know if you want to take the yeah, no, I I really like Reva and I and I at the first episode I was pretty vocal about how like she's a little she's hamming it up a little too much and I'm not really too sure about it and I I didn't I didn't love the character but like I I think that the finale as a whole makes the entire series better. Um, Especially with the characters of Obi Wan and Reva, um, but yeah, so so Reva is obviously, and I've said this a million times, is obviously a character who's overcompensating for the fact yeah. that you know she's just along on the ride. Yeah, um, she's and this, not. That truly... was one of the things that, like, when people were originally watching like the first episodes, where it's like, oh, this is bad because she's so over the top, whereas mm-hmm. like the other way it makes sense is that. She's doing that because she is overcompensating. And that's how yeah. we were able to kind of say from the start, she is overcompensating. Maybe that's for a story reason and not just because she sucks. Yeah, and no, I, I thought her acting was actually was really great, especially in the in the last episode. I thought she knocked it out of the park. But um, what was I going to say? Um, and like, I, I just feel like some people are not looking at her as a character like i think some people are trying to keep her too too much into a, a box of what star wars characters are supposed to be like like the number one thing that people are saying is that oh her motivations don't make sense or like you know in, in this episode why is she even doing that and like that's the whole point she's become so consumed with anger like it's the exact same thing with anakin like Anakin killing the children and doing everything he does to save Padme based on a dream, it ultimately it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like yeah. it's that's the whole point. Like that's why Yoda says in episode five, um, if you or episode six actually when he's dying, he says the dark side will dominate your destiny forever, basically. And like that's what is happening with her. She. You know, has her whole life ripped apart in front of her. All her friends killed. The Jedi are destroyed. She's, she's you know, on the street, dying. And she vows to take revenge, which is what Jedi are not supposed to do. Yeah. And in doing that, she ends up nearly becoming, at the very end of episode six, basically the thing that set her on her dark path. Yeah. And I really, I love that scene where she's about to kill Luke. And that's when, like, she's like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. Like I've, and then she's like, and then I thought the scene where she's crying to to Obi Wan, and she's like, "Did I become him?" I thought that was like phenomenal. I thought that was really really great. Um, and I like I don't think we usually get that much depth when it comes to like, like it, it's she wasn't twisted or manipulated by, you know, like she wasn't tortured into becoming evil. Like I believe is what happens to Trilla in Fallen Order. It's like she's she just let the anger and the hate consume her and like she almost, you know, lost herself to it. Yeah, it's really easy and common for Star Wars to kind of get into this 
binary of you're either light side and on the good side or you're dark side and on the bad side. Mm. And Reva's a situation where she wasn't, she was working with the Empire, but she was doing it having essentially infiltrated the Inquisitors. But it wasn't that she was like, a light sider pretending to be on the dark side. She might have yeah. thought that of herself, but she did. Yeah. She was on the dark side. She had let that rev- need for revenge eat away at her. And I think that factors a bit into why Obi-Wan is willing to use her the way he did. Like yeah. he set her up to get her ass handed to her by Vader. Like yeah. he, he would have known that uh, his excuse of like, Oh, he's going to be so focused on me that he won't see you coming, which maybe he has some hope that that's going to work out. But ultimately that's coming down to Reva making her own choice to pursue her need for revenge that way. And yeah. And, and like, I'm seeing some, some small, like, like I'm seeing some complaints and the thing is like, I, I feel like there's not many characters who are getting as, as like, okay, so one complaint, why did Vader let her live? Like, Vader thinks so little of her at that point. It's like, he walks away. The Grand Inquisitor even says, like, you're basically a street rat, like we found you. And I just assume Vader didn't kill her because he knows that, like, like she might have some usefulness. And when it comes to why was she hunting Luke down, well, I assume either to get revenge on Obi-Wan, that's probably part of it, because yeah. she sees him as being partially responsible for what happened, and also because I think she thinks that finding Luke would probably get her back into Vader's good graces. Yeah, like, Vader definitely wouldn't see her as a threat. Like, we see that in no. his fight with her, and mm-hmm. it, it, it makes more of a statement if you just... Yeah, he doesn't need to. Yeah, yeah. he's she's a, like she's a street rat, and she might still have some usefulness to her, but... And the one thing that I really don't get that's just so stupid that I think I personally think is so stupid is well why didn't Obi Wan kill her? Like, no. What do you mean? What? Why would why would not Obi Wan kill her? Why would Obi Wan kill her? Yeah. Like, is a Jedi gonna strike down a woman who's like broken? Like, yes, Obi Wan kills Darth Maul when he mentions Luke because Darth Maul is openly threatening Luke. <laughs> like, I. Yeah. I Obi-Wan can't just kill a random woman. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah. There is a question in my chat of how did she know about Luke? She saw Bale's message to Obi-Wan. Yeah. Like, when Bale was... Bale needs some better OPSEC. Yeah, that, that like, part that, was... Bale when Bale got notched down from real homie to, like... Yeah. If I don't hear back from friend. you, I'm gonna check on the boy on Tatooine. It's like, mm. come on, man. If you don't hear back from him, there's I'm a good che- reason not to broadcast. Yeah, I'm this. gonna check to the the boy on Tatooine who lives with a farmer. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it was, it was. Yeah, yeah that, like, that that part was was a, was a little silly. Um, the other complaint that is just really driving me crazy about this show. And, and listen, if you don't like this show, totally, totally fine. okay but the complaint that like they ruined obi-wan's character and made him a wimp like you're literally missing the entire part of the show the show is about how do people deal with grief on the like or trauma you've got vader who is completely unable to recover from it that's what kenobi learns and he gives up you have obi-wan 
who is stricken by it for a long time, just like Yoda is, by the way. Yoda fucks off and lives in a swamp for, you know, even doing nothing even longer than Obi-Wan. And then at the end, you've got the really beautiful moment where Obi-Wan's like, I'm not going to live into a cave right now. I'm not going to be scared of, you know, yeah, the worst thing happening. Like, I'm going to move on with my life, essentially. And he's the hero at the end of the series that we know. And then we've got Reva, who's somewhere kind of in the middle where she did let it consume her. She didn't quite go off that cliff, but she's also not, you know, recovered yet. Yeah, like... Obi-Wan has so many things happen to him over the course of episodes one through three, but he's either placed as a secondary character to what's going on with Anakin, which is obviously the more important part, or even Padme. Mm-hmm. And to another another element of him is that he's meant to be kind of the, uh, the more caring side of the Jedi Order, maybe, but he is positioned as kind of the representative of the Jedi order in Anakin's life. So we don't get much to explore how he's reacting to things. So having something where we can focus on him as a human rather than just as a Jedi and Mm. how he processes what he went through with Anakin, what he went through with Qui-Gon, like he lost his father figure was immediately put into this role as a parent and Mm. essentially like as far as the Jedi work Mm. and we never really get to explore his, reaction to that his reaction to how he might feel he failed anakin how he might feel anakin failed him we Mm -hmm. get the bit of speech at the end of the fight of mustafar that kind of hints at that or goes into it a bit but Mm -hmm. here we get four episodes the first four episodes that are really about how traumatic that is for him and it would be and then the last episodes are how he's able to not dismiss that but kind of take that as part of his experience, grow from it and use that to be able to confront Vader and move mm-hmm. on from there. Beats his ass. Yeah. yeah. You're totally right. I think part of the problem, and it's kind of funny because we talked about this um, when we were reading the Revenge of the Sith novel. I, I Sorry. Brotherhood as well a bit. Oh yeah. But at, at the end of Revenge of the Sith, I said, um, Man, I really wish that the movie ended with that hopeful scene where Qui-Gon does show up because yeah. that's kind of the, the the glimmer of hope at the end of all these terrible things happening. And, like, what this show essentially did is, like, get to that point where, like, the bad part is over and, like, now people are starting to recover. And I think part of the problem is that people assume because episode three ends with the the binary sunset and stuff that it's all you know uphill from there or that it's all kind of you know upside from there it's all happy obi-wan's fine because the children are back but like it's not quite that simple like you know yeah. his best friend just murdered a bunch of kids and it turned into an, an evil robot and all like all this shit so like but we they got there at the end like it was what the... F- I swear, some just got killed out, out in my neighborhood. But, like, this this was the happy moment. Like, Obi-Wan gets to see Luke. And that that's a scene that I thought about, too, because, like, Luke and Leia, like, those are the closest things that he has, essentially, to, like, his, his friend. Like, that's, yeah. you know... So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think people are... Just expectations are weird. Yeah, like there, there's a lot of things in the show, like sneaking Leia out under the under the cloak that are oh, yeah. that yeah. are definitely memeable, oh, aren't yeah. that great, or the the stuff with the lighting that's just 
mm-hmm. pretty bad if you want to actually watch the show. But on yeah. a lot of those bigger themes, on exploring the characters, I think the show did a really good job. And yeah. I think that's what's ultimately going to stick around for people in the long term. Yeah. And, like, even just watching uh, some of the scenes from A New Hope of the Death Star Escape and, like, Obi-Wan looking back at Luke and Leia, like, obviously mm-hmm. that wasn't what was intended with it at the time, but there is extra context there that still, I think, in retrospect, does work well. Like, now mm-hmm. that look from Obi-Wan isn't just meant for for Luke, it's meant for Luke and Leia, and, like, Leia's concern there, rather than being for this guy she'd only heard about secondhand, is now for someone that going back mm-hmm. 20 years sure or 10 years but she did have at least some connection to him yeah no i i, I agree um and qui-gon's face when he turns around is definitely the biggest the biggest thing which is why he's on <laughs> on my stream yeah. layout right now yeah <laughs> and the qui-gon part was like it was it really was kind of like the emotional release i guess at the end where it's like things are gonna be okay like yeah like that's kind of like this 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 season or the series is like recognizing yeah things are gonna be okay eventually like owen and baru they're gonna take care of luke and yeah you know vader we've obi one thing that's interesting is obi-wan doesn't think at this point that anakin is still around obviously he's still physical but but like he doesn't believe anakin still and like but you know he's kind of coming to terms with that and you know but he's also seen that anakin's got two kids who are pretty cool um so like at the end qui-gon's there he's like like, yeah, you 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 went through it, but it's gonna be all right. Yeah, I, I'm not even sure that Obi Wan has fully bought into the idea that like Anakin's not in there at all. Mm-hmm. I I think part of actually dealing with that experience is accepting that Anakin had that in him the whole time too. Like mm-hmm. there there isn't a divide between Darth Vader and Anakin. And it's one of the most annoying things in Star Wars for me, uh, how characters get handled that way. Not just the whole Darth Vader versus Anakin, but like what I was mentioning before, the dark side versus light side. You flip a switch and you're not the same person anymore. Mm-hmm. Or like even Vader's redemption at the end of episode six. Like, sure, he may he might be renouncing Palpatine at that point, but that doesn't like retroactively make him a good person. So he shouldn't get to stand there all happy uh with obi-wan and yoda right afterwards i think they'd have some things to work through uh mm-hmm. but well that's where you kind of get into the whole fairy tale versus yeah yeah i mean you, you can take it as a, like a symbol that they would go out there and make things right mm-hmm. if they could but it's yeah, still yeah no I, I i totally agree um but but yeah i i, I you know obviously it's it, it is a bit more complicated than that, but I don't think Obi-Wan has a whole lot of hope in Anakin being redeemed at this point. And, like, no. I think they went out of their way to make Anakin look pretty... Like, I love that... I think everyone kind of loves that scene where he gets, you know, his mask chopped open. And yeah. for me, that was really helpful because I've always kind of had trouble... Like, obviously, you know logically that Anakin, as played by Hayden Christensen and Darth Vader, are the same character, but but for me, this really helped me make the connection. Yeah. Um, But, like... Anakin looks fucking like depraved under there. Uh, he almost looks like he's smiling at, at some points. I think that's honestly just because of the way the mask goes into his mouth. Yeah. Uh, same, you kind of see the same thing, but like he looks like a, a fucking madman in there. Yeah. 
I mean, there's moments where it almost seems like Anakin as Obi-Wan knew him is coming through. And I'm not talking about like Obi-Wan thinking Anakin has a chance to be redeemed. Mm -hmm. I I just mean the idea that Darth Vader and Anakin are the same person and trying Mm -hmm. to reconcile the Anakin that he knew, like those character traits with what's like standing in front of him there, even if now it's Mm -hmm. a lot more twisted and covered in Mm -hmm. plastic and fake arms and stuff it's still in some ways is anakin mm-hmm. and i i didn't love the lightsabers in this i but yeah, kind of weird looking the the glow from them in that scene i thought worked really well mm-hmm. like the way it was like the blue highlight and then the red yeah that's when he like he's just really gone but yeah, it's it's fine when the like the lightsabers actually look fine in the dark because the, it's kind of like that scene in episode two uh, during the Dooku Mall or Dooku Dooku Mall Dooku Anakin fight when the lights yeah. go out and the, like the lightsabers look like that. It's just like in other situations they're way too bright. Um, yeah, and there's literally I, no other light source. Yeah, and they didn't use practical lightsabers in the prequel trilogy, um, and they have. I honestly think The Force Awakens pretty much got them completely right. Um, and I think other things have too. So probably just like whatever was different in this show. Just don't do that again. <laughs> yeah. Like I think a good base of comparison here is Kenobi versus Book of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Where uh, I think Mandalorian is generally pretty well praised on story and execution and almost all aspects maybe a few episodes are too slow but in book of boba fett and kenobi there's uh, a lot more criticism on the execution side but i think where kenobi makes it up is in how it handles those characters and the the broader themes whereas book of boba fett there are cool moments but mm-hmm. you can't there there's no overarching real character depth to Mm -hmm. boba even in that show that uh that kind of allow you to look past some of the weirder stuff Mm -hmm. and you can almost see kenobi going through a similar trajectory in the first three or four episodes but a lot of that ends up setting up what happens in episodes five and six really well whereas book of boba fett starts off with things that could be very good setup but then the f- later episodes tend to be about Din and Grogu. So yeah. it, it just... That's a that's actually a really good comparison because I actually think the book of Boba Fett was phenomenal, like, production-wise. Um, like, I mean, like kind of like you said, I think, like, they got a lot of the... It seems like they got a lot of the Return of the Jedi props back and, yeah. like, things like the, the ring and the scene where they're making... Like, just the scene where they're making the N1 Starfighter, I think, is yeah. probably more impressive than any single thing the show did. And I don't think it's close. It definitely, um, on the whole, has, like, really high production value. But then you get individual scenes that I think stick in a lot of people's memories of, like, the speeder chase looking really kind of not great. Yeah, I, I, I get a bit of a problem with that personally. Because I think the speeder chase, the main issue was, like, the speed. Where, like, yeah. if you watch the environment... And like, like from like, it's still in my opinion a bit of a marvel because like the amount of things you went in the background, everything else, and like how well. But yeah, I, I'm getting kind of off, kind of Fair off, enough. off topic here. But um, but uh, 
but but yeah it, it's weird because you're right and it, it's kind of funny because the book of Oafet is something and up until the finale i really enjoyed for like the com a complete different reason for why i enjoyed kenobi which i think is kind of what you're alluding to like i love the book of Oafet because it felt like return of the jedi the tv show it had lots of cool props and lots of cool star wars things uh, it was just like a spectacle where this it was like it's not pleasant to look at sometimes. Um, You're also that, like number one Tatooine stand though too. Yes, uh, absolutely. A hundred percent. But with this, it was like, and not pleasant to look at sometimes. And sometimes I'm like, that's kind of stupid. Um, but I like the overall story. Mm -hmm. So how would you generally rank, if you were to take the, the three live action shows we've had so far, then we kind of did this when we were talking about the first season of Bad Batch uh, with the animated shows, but how would you position the, the live action ones now? Uh, that's really tough. Uh, oh, man. I, Mando is definitely first. I love Mando. Um I think if I were to even split Mando up in two, I think Mando season one would be the 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 top. Yeah, it would probably be Mando one, Mando two. Um, I I think Cassian's probably going to come in at three when it comes out, just based on how amazing the trailer was. I'm setting my expectations for that show very very high. Um, man, I don't know. That's really difficult because it's like. I guess I'd probably set this one as as kind of the next one and then maybe Book of Boba Fett. It's it's hard to say because this one is just so redeemed by its finale where it makes the entire show much better where the Book of Boba Fett's the exact opposite. So, yeah, I guess I'd go Mando, this, Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. If I'm splitting up Mando, then I'm probably doing like Mando 1, Obi-Wan, Mando 2... Mm -hmm. and then book of boba fett but like kenobi in season two of mando i'd probably have pretty close to each other oh, i need really? to rewatch it i mm -hmm. i'm probably being unfair to some of the shows there uh i feel like my biggest thing with book of boba fett is that like looking back it's hard to say where boba was at the start versus the end and maybe that's partially because i'm looking at it through such a kenobi centric lens now of like character exploration when Sure, he had his Tuscan adventures and he had mm -hmm. his moments of being like super high on stuff, but mm -hmm. it, it is to me at least kind of hard to see what his character growth was there. But you, you can also see that with Din, where we have a good idea of where yeah. he was going as a character, and like even Grogu in Book of Boba Fett, like we had mm -hmm. his choice being made, uh, even if it was largely made off screen. So, yeah, I think for now. Kenobi's in the middle. Book of Boba Fett is. All right. At the so not that I dislike Book of Boba Fett. Just it, yeah, it's it doesn't stick with me the same way. And here's a question: um, Rebels or Clone Wars? I don't know if I've ever asked you that. Rebels, absolutely okay. Rebels. Yeah. Okay. Me too. Season seven of the Clone Wars might be a bit higher than some of the Rebels stuff, but mm -hmm. a lot of the and there are individual arcs of the Clone Wars that I really like, but. Mm -hmm. A lot of the early stuff, especially, is like uh, the 17th Battle of Naboo, because Jar Jar yeah. and 3PO are off on an adventure. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. So anything You're else you want to say about the sh 
Sorry. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm trying to do a, a Rebels rewatch. I've just been so busy. I haven't got to. I've only gotten through two and a half episodes. So. Yeah. Yeah. Are we well, Are we ever gonna try to do uh, a Rebels thing for the podcast? We've talked about yeah, it a lot. I think I we like should. We yeah. Yeah. I think I think we should for sure. All right, so maybe we'll figure we that like, out after maybe Tales we do of the like, Jedi, maybe. Yeah, maybe like a half season per episode or something. Yeah, because we're going to have some time without a show, but not much in the future. Like, we're going to have And Andor is basically forever. two months away. Yeah, so I don't know if we want to <laughs> figure that out as the off episodes between Tales of the Jedi, or mm-hmm. after we do Tales of the Jedi, but we'll, we'll, we'll figure that out. There's nothing coming up before Andor, right? That's the next one? Uh, yeah, it's Andor, then Bad Batch in the middle of Andor, I think. Right. And then, is there is there Visions coming out this year, or is that next year? I think that's next year. Okay. That probably around the same time next year, so probably after... Oh, yeah, but Andor's long, isn't it? Yeah, it's... It's 16 episodes? Isn't it two seasons of 12 episodes or something? Is that what it is? I don't, I, I'm I don't, not sure. I don't think we know specific... There have been a lot of speculation about how many seasons there will be, but I don't... I. I don't think they've specifically said how many seasons yeah. there will be. At, at least two. We know there will be at least two, but I yeah. don't think I don't think we know there's going to be you know only two. Yeah, I think there was also stuff about uh, it originally being like three seasons with fewer episodes, and then it just got divided differently. So yeah. who knows what's going on there? Like, I yeah. think Andor and Bad Batch are both two of the longer shows, so having them air simultaneously is going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Andor is twelve episodes starting August thirty first. And then uh, season two of the Bad Batch, which I'm really ex- I I loved having just a random episode of the Bad Batch to look forward to every week. That starts on the 28th of September. Yeah. Uh, so actually, before we get off Kenobi, we have a couple questions we'll try to get through. But season two, what do you think? Yay or nay? Hmm. Like, I love how they ended the story. So, like, if they do a season two with the characters. They can't meet. They can't meet anymore. Um, and I don't think I don't think Obi Wan can leave Tatooine. If they want to do a season two of Obi Wan kind of training with Qui Gon and maybe facing off against some local threat, I, I think that would be kind of cool. Um, and have Darth Vader kind of maybe hunting down the Jedi that we like a little Corn Horn, like as a separate plot that could be interesting, yeah. but. Like the the actors, we're in a very unique position. Like where these actors still want to do their role, they've aged yeah. into it perfectly. It does feel like a bit of a waste not to use them. Um, so yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I, I'd love to be able to see them play the characters again. The same way that I'd like, it's very similar to the Mace Windu situation, where yes. I'd love to have uh the op- like i'd love for samuel l jackson to have the opportunity to play mace windu because he's clearly wanted to do that for 10 and mace years is a really fun character yeah but samuel l. i don't know the best. <laughs> yeah I, I don't know that i'd necessarily want him to show up in like mando season three as a new person for luke's academy like yeah. i i don't know that a season two of Kenobi needs to exist just as a justification to have them back. Mm-hmm. And that was already my fear with the first season. I think the more you stretch that out, the harder it is. Mm-hmm. But what they can do is wait another 10 years, use those actors for the children, and just remake the original trilogy with <laughs> Ewan and Hayden. And there we go. 
problem solved. Um, Hopefully, uh, so Ian the Hayden's, still Hayden's got one different scene. Yeah, uh, McDermott's now age appropriate for his character for the first yeah. time. <laughs> um, what a what a full circle journey yeah. for him that would be. Yeah, well, uh, people. I saw a lot of people complaining about the Emperor, but I kind of liked it. I mean, you know, he's ten years younger. Or actually, the first time you really get a good look at him is is Return of the Jedi. You see him a bit in Empire Strikes Back, but so he's like yeah. twelve to what, uh, thirteen to fifteen years younger. Um, or, so I, I thought he was fine, to be honest. Do you mean here, or do you mean in... Yeah, yeah, here, sorry. Yeah, here. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't aware that that was a thing that it was... Uh, what do you mean, of course it was? Oh, well, yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah, gets her ass handed to her twice by Vader. She's too powerful. Too powerful. uh, If, if they did do another show, I, like, I, I... I'd be happy to see more Reva as well, obviously. So what what would you think kind of of a season two with, like, again, managed kind of keeping Kenobi and Vader separate? Um, and I don't know, maybe, maybe we do the Darth Crate thing. What do you think of that? Uh, I, I, I don't, sitting from this side of it, I don't want it. Mm-hmm. I don't think yeah. I want it. Uh... <laughs> But I don't know. Maybe if they if there was a good story to tell with it here, like we've already, I don't think we need another story about like Obi Wan dealing with his grief. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was handled really well here. Oh yeah, he can, yeah he's he's handled it. Move but on. <laughs> one thing I do want to say about uh, Riva is I do like that we're actually getting a good variety of characters who we know are still around in some form, uh, mm-hmm. like Jedi or Jedi adjacent characters that have survived order 66 and have a really different trajectory while doing it yeah and how they're going to go into either the period where luke is trying to rebuild the order or even beyond if some of them are alive then because uh, like cal and reva are not particularly old uh neither mm-hmm. is ahsoka but you have like reva ahsoka cal luke who all have these very different experiences or views of the jedi order from luke who yeah reva's even younger it. than cal sorry yeah yeah so like Luke has this almost veneration of the Jedi Order as he's trying to rebuild it, and then he loses that after everything goes down with Ben. Uh, so we know what his story ends up being. We don't know really where Ahsoka goes, that we are going to get a show with her. And mm-hmm. maybe she's dead because she shows up in the, the Tross stuff talking to Rey. Uh, but that still leaves yeah. a lot for They can hand wave that away really quickly, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. she could have just been like relaxing on a beach somewhere or on the yeah, ghost. Exactly. And she's just communicating down to it. Like, it, it, yeah. It, I'd be happy um, with that. So, one thing that's kind of interesting is as we talked about in an earlier episode, Jason Ward from making Star Wars, he, he leaked the entire, the entire plot of Kenobi um, like a while ago. And he got it right up until the very last episode where originally. I, he I, said I, that she killed Luke. No, originally, uh, I believe she said that. I, I, I think it was originally Vader kills Riva, kind of afterwards, um, and then he put a thing out saying that the ending had been changed, kind of to keep the possibility for a season two opening. Now, w- w- whether that's true or whether it was a miscommunication, I, I don't know, but kind of kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I don't I don't really want a kind of a straight season two either. Yeah. But uh, like I. It's just be such a shame to waste the talent yeah. when they're so age appropriate and yeah. 
embraced by the fandom again. Like, I fully expect it's not a possibility they're dismissing out of hand. Like, oh no, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, so I will open. Oh, up we, we didn't talk about the Jedi Wall. Can you give us a can right. you give a brief uh, can you give us a brief on that? I think you kind of know more than I do. Uh, right. So we had in the first episodes we had Quinlan Voss, obviously that Obi Wan mentioned there. We also had uh, I, I might be mixing this up with. Okay, I, I shouldn't mention that stuff. No, so we saw in the in the tanks we saw Coleman Kaj is dead. Um, mm-hmm. One of the the only or council at least member. In, yeah, yeah, yeah. The only council member that is unaccounted for, assuming that is Coleman, is Opa Rancisis. So look forward to Opa Rancisis appearing in episode in uh, season three of The Mandalorian. Uh, but on the wall. And this is between the actual wall and production notes for it. So mm-hmm. I don't know if all of it added, actually made it into the uh, the actual episode. But you have almost everyone from Children of the Jedi. So you have like the Ismarins. You have... Uh, what was the guy's name that ran their sect? Because I think he was on there as oh, well. Oh, yeah, I can't remember. Uh, Ram Coda was in at least the production notes. I think. Oh, really? Jeez, and, I didn't know all, all these. Yeah, so Ram Coda was on there. Oh. Uh, as was Eno Cordova, which I think is uh, Seer was on Seer and Eno from Jedi Fallen Order. I think Seer made the show. Oh no, maybe she didn't. Huh. Uh, so so I, didn't, I didn't see these production notes. Interesting. Yeah, so there is a chance that Eno is still alive. I think most of them are probably just, let's ask Pablo Hidalgo or someone similar, uh, what are some Jedi names we can throw up for these Easter eggs? Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think if anyone is, Jin Altus, thank you, uh, is likely to be a potential setup for future stuff, then Eno Cordova, we Mm -hmm. might actually see show up in the flesh in Fallen Order, or Jedi Survivor, rather. Yeah, that wouldn't be a, like, it'd be a twist, but it wouldn't, like, I could definitely see them establishing that, because they are very, like, I was under the impression, not having, I guess, paid enough attention, that he was dead in the game, but they don't actually say, no. um, I, I actually assumed he died before Order 66, but, it, like, yeah, they, they don't say it all, so he very could well be alive. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, like, I, part of his story is the whole, oh, no one listens to him about the fact that the Jedi are under grave threat. And it's like, okay, I don't know if that needed to be a story that we put in, because like, yeah. that just makes the Jedi sound even dumber than they yeah. already ended up acting. But, uh, but yeah. Yeah. All so right. those are the, the highlight names, I think. Oh, and, and um, Nija Halcyon. Yes, or... Nija Halcyon, yeah. uh, which is Corrin's grandfather, which would be the the kid who was in many episodes here, who has now officially met Leia. But whether that, again, it, whether that's meant to tie the characters together or is now just like two separate Oh, I, I did also see something, an interview, and I haven't seen anyone talk about this, so... Uh, oh, actually, it wasn't Nietzsche Halcyon. It was, it was Vale and Halcyon, wasn't it? Wasn't it his father? Wasn't it, not his... Was it uh, Hal Horn? Valen Horn? Yeah, I, I, think it was, I think it was Valen who was on the wall. Um, pretty sure. But, um... What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So, I haven't seen anyone talk about this, but I was... I was checking for um, for things online, kind of about the what, what, what's her name again? Corn's um, mother, 
niche. Uh, I was looking to see if, if it had been if anyone had talked about it on Twitter. So I was just googling like or I was just on Twitter search putting niche in the actress's name, and I did find one thing. She gave an interview with a newspaper or a magazine in Spanish, and I like I did a Google Translate and the character was called niche. Now it's possible that they just got that from the IMDb listing. But it's also possible that she just told them in the interview that her yeah. character was named Niche. Um, Did you so. see when that was from? No, I'll see if I can find it, though. and Maybe include it in the show notes if I can later. But it, it was from, it was from I think, after episode five. Okay, so it would have been. Okay. Yeah. So it wouldn't have been the source of people putting it on IMDb then? No, 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 no. Um, all right, so we got a couple questions for this week. First off, from Matrix with an Obi-Wan-related one. Asking, I was wondering in the final scene in Kenobi with Qui-Gon telling Obi-Wan that there was a place they would head to, do you think that could perhaps lead into a plot arc of the second season? I think he was just talking about them heading into uh, the real estate market to buy Obi-Wan's house. Uh, yeah, they weren't I think to so. live in a cave like five feet from Owen and Beru anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't think yeah. it was like any real journey they were going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It kind of reminded me at the end of, I was going to say Indiana Jones reference, but I don't think you've seen those movies, but yeah, I, I it was like, let's just talk and let's, you know, let's, let's, let's get over it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so thank you, Matrix. Next from Jacob, who says, what do you think happened to Obi-Wan's shuttle from the finale? Reva doesn't take it because Obi-Wan takes it to Alderaan, and then he flies it back to Tatooine. Does he sell it, bury it in the desert, give it to the Jawas? What's up with that? Like he sells it. Yeah, maybe he lets his little Jawa buddy from the beginning have it. Yeah, like, he absolutely sells it, though. Like, he is a homeowner in episode four. He used to work at a fish market. Yeah, Bale Tatooine. didn't hand him a bunch of money. He gave his last money to that uh, that down-on-his-luck clone trooper. Yeah, like, he had to sell the ship. That's how he bought a house. Mm. He should have just lived in the ship. Yeah. It, it looked spacious. I, I, I live in that ship. Yeah, I think one of the worst scenes, by the way, in the series was the the ship behind the ship thing from episode five. Yeah, that, that was, was that was so bad. That was very Chewie's on the other shuttle, <laughs> and like at least that was executed like visually all right. This was just like it looks like they like control C, control V it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not great. Yeah. Uh... You'd think Vader could sense people. Ever, Star Wars is always very unclear on who can sense what. Yeah, way. yeah. Like, it never rely on Jedi to be able to sense anything. Nope. Uh, next from Byron, who asks, "What do you think of Kenobi saying that passion was a positive quality that Leia inherited from her father?" Also, this might be weird, but I was hoping the ship that landed on Alderaan at the end had Vader in it instead of Kenobi. <laughs> really like the scene in Dark Lord where Vader visits the Organas. Oh, well, yeah, I forgot about that scene. That is that a fun one. That would be awkward. Yeah. Um, uh, what was the first? Oh. Um, uh, passion as a positive quality. Yeah, I mean, I think passion was a positive quality of Anakin's in a way. He just, you know, he, he didn't have the maturity to kind of rein it in a bit. But I think he was definitely, I think him being passionate was a good thing for sure. Yeah, like there's the whole, sure, the Jedi and Sith codes and like, oh, passion is dark side. But it it's more like Anakin 
had many flaws in how he went about things, but he did mm-hmm. strongly care about things. Yeah, exactly. And Obi-Wan sees that in Yoda, in, not Yoda, in Leia, and sees that that has let her help him and others throughout the show. So it's something that he recognizes from Anakin like, that was like a positive spin on it. Yeah. You want Anakin as your friend. Like, yeah. no joke. Like, if, if your car is broken down on the side of the road and you need to call your friend, he's going to come pick you up and he's going to probably... He's going to probably punch the guy who hit your car or whatever, too. Um, also, we don't usually read donations. So I want to say thank you to Clay for the $50. Appreciate that. Thank you, Clay. Uh, Joel is asking what do you think the legacy of the series is going to be. We kind of discussed how reception might change over time there, mm-hmm. uh, along with the other Disney Plus series. So, yeah, I think we mostly covered that. Uh, but we'll we'll leave it to future us to see how we reference it in the future and then you can just yeah. passively study our responses there. Uh, so our last question for the week is going to come from Paul, who asks, or who says, a bit late to be saying this, but I like the fact that you guys are doing more than just Star Wars for Tapcalf. I was wondering if you plan to talk about other subjects in the future like you did with Halo. For example, if I remember correctly, you guys said you like Dragon Ball. Ever thought about talking about Dragon Ball with the upcoming movie or anything like that? I mean, um, we did have a, a segment on Dragon Ball to start off the show, so... Yeah, I I don't really like modern Dragon Ball very much. Um, I love kind of, I actually like I'm a huge Dragon Ball fan, less Dragon Ball Z and the other stuff. But I mean, I, I'd definitely be open to doing other stuff like I don't know, uh, Stranger Things. Uh, maybe yeah. maybe at some point talk about that, even if it's just kind of a segment at the beginning of one of our episodes. Did you watch the new season by the way, Corey? I am halfway through episode seven, and I think there's two episodes still to come. Or yeah, there's two episodes. There's two episodes coming in. Uh, I think it's July first. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Um, like, so yeah. Very soon. It's been, I, it's been good. We definitely want to stay like ninety-five percent Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in like a hundred episodes, you might get five that aren't uh, aren't Star Wars because like there's obviously the core audience for the show is here for Star Wars. But when there's especially culturally relevant things coming out that are in a similar vein, like the Halo show. Uh, we're a bit more likely to to branch out to that. So, like, Dune was another one that we did talk about covering, but I still haven't seen the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's not impossible that there'd be other stuff we talk about. Sci-fi has the highest chance. Uh, yeah. But... I mean, and we usually we usually have, like, 20 to 30 minutes at the beginning of the episode, too, where we're kind of just mouthing off about whatever. So did you watch yeah. The Boys yet, by the way? Did you watch the new season? I've only seen one episode. I okay. basically downloaded a bunch of like Stranger Things, League of Legends, pro games, uh, the boys to watch on the bus to my sister's place and back. Uh, or so train. you watch the guy crawl into the other guy's urethra? That's I'd watched that episode already. <laughs> that episode is why I decided maybe I don't want to watch this in public. <laughs> maybe not on the train. Yeah. So instead I watch Stranger Things on the train for most of the time. Okay. It's We, we got lots of good streaming stuff, though, between Kenobi and, you know... The boys, yeah. Stranger Things. It's been a, it's been a yeah. good time to. Umbrella Academy's yeah. back. I don't know if you've ever watched. I've never that. no. I've never watched that. Is that okay? This is a really stupid question. Is that related to Resident Evil? No. Okay. That's not a stupid question. I understand why you would think that, but uh, yeah. it is not. Okay. It's, it's based on a comic book series by the lead singer of My Chemical Romance. So. Huh. Is that Gerard Way? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. There you go. That's what there I'm leaving you with. It is. That's uh, that's my bright spot for the week. Uh, for yeah. Knowledge fight fans out there. 
But, uh, but yeah, we are going to play Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Shredder's Revenge. Oh, I'm Revenge. excited for this. Yes, I'm excited for this. In five to ten minutes, we're going to have Charlie for that, our guest for this episode of TapCaf. That I did not advertise <laughs> because I assumed he would not show up. And here we are. Uh, he, To be fair, he never said he would definitely do it. He said he would. And then you said, if you're not too busy, don't worry about it. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. So thank you for joining us, Charlie. But... Uh, yeah, so I'm going to be live on twitch.tv slash loses in five minutes with that. Eck is going to be over on youtube.com slash x2, E-C-K-S-T-O-O. Uh, we're going to be streaming together. Like it mm. is not, We're not like separating here and then each playing the same game. Each playing yeah. <laughs> Ninja Turtles on our own. Yeah. I just don't like the multiplayer. <laughs> I just don't like Corey that much. <laughs> he sucks. Yeah. Yeah, so don't forget, guys, if you enjoyed this and you're listening, make sure to leave five-star reviews and uh, tell us something you've enjoyed recently about the podcast or something that we can work on more. But yeah, thanks, guys. Tell us which of us you want us to replace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, who's the weaker host? It hurt our feelings. Hurt my feelings. Yeah. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Bigger for your base. Not fair. <laughs>